The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Oh boy, this is gonna be great! Hey everybody, how are you? Kevin Goatee here, gutting the sacred cow. New week, new episode, and guess what? Brand new segment intros. That's right, you're gonna hear some pretty funny, I think. They may suck though, we'll find out. Intros for five fun facts, ask a gutter, Amazon's uh, five-star and one-star reviews, and critics one-star and uh, reviews, whatever. Before we get to it, hey, we have a contest. Leave us your best five-star, two- or three-sentence review. Screenshot it. Funniest, most original. That's what we're looking for. Screenshot it. Tag two of your friends, and we're going to pick one, and the winner gets a a Shang-Chi Funko doll pop. I don't know what those are. Shang-Chi Funko pop thing. Yeah, whatever. So screenshot, tag two friends, and uh, best one wins. That's it. Now, without any further ado, here's Seth Porges doing Revenge of the Nerds. Gather round, here's what I know. It's just that this cow has got to go. Simon Says Bleed. Kevin Israel, name that film. Is that Speed? No. No. Wasn't he Simon? He wasn't Simon? No, he was not. I forgot I forgot what Dennis Hopper's bad guy's name. I know it was Jack Traven was, was Keato's name, but no, uh, it, it was not. It was, it was one of those oh, stupid can, action movies. Can I, can I yell it out? Seth yeah. Portis is jumping on as our guest. Seth, what is that film? Is that Demolition Man? You bet your goddamn ass it is ah, Demolition Man. Yes. I could have. I was going to do Simon Says Bleed, Simon Says Die. There you go. Kevin is Simon Phoenix. Wesley Snipes. Yeah. Simon damn it. Phoenix. And yeah. you love it's, that it's, film I probably, too. I do. I, but you know what? Also a movie I haven't seen in at least a decade. Shame on you. I know. Gutting the Sacred Cow. Here we go again, guys. What a way to start out where the rug gets yanked out from Kevin Israel by our guests in the quote section. We I mean, know- it's not, it's, I mean, is it a surprise <laughs> anymore? Should, we should just start going, whatever quote you were going to pick, I'm not going to get. Moving on. You've gotten the last <laughs> few. I'll give you I've the gotten last. a few. Yeah. I've got, I'm, probably, I'm probably at 30%. Yeah, listen, baseball that gets you in the Hall of Fame and the NBA that gets you cut. Here we go. <laughs> We are, we're getting close to 100 episodes, Kevin Israel. Aren't you excited? 
our century club is going to get me real excited. Yeah, we're doing well. We can't thank you enough for joining us every week and, and checking us out. We hope you've enjoyed such episodes as Pirates of the Caribbean, Casablanca, and of course, oh, I don't know, Kevin Israel, what are some of the other films that you've appreciated that we've done recently? Why do you do this to me? And then my mind just blanks on everything. <laughs> I just everything. We- <laughs> I just remember the last two. That's Oh, Saw. There you go. Saw. I love the Saw episode. There you go. Oh, Saw was a solid one. <laughs> yeah, that was good. We've got Seth Porges joining us today, everyone. Seth, how are you, man? What's going on? Great. Happy to be here. Seth, we like to do credits in the beginning. Tell everybody what you're up to, where we can find you, and all that good stuff. Sure. I uh, My movie, Class Action Park, is on HBO Max, and I guess you can just find me on Twitter beyond that. So we're both Jersey guys, and I was never allowed to go to Action Park as a kid. Me neither. I went. Me neither. I grew up 20 minutes, half hour from Great Adventure, and that's where we went. So I see. I know all the. I had friends who used to work up there. You know, lived up there actually, and tons of people went there, but never set foot in Action Park. I almost feel bad I missed that. Kind of. But you know what? I also feel like I feel like the height of Action Park was a little before us. No, I. I it, was, like- it was still pretty good up until like the nineties. It, it, you, you could experience, it. and it became, I think, a little bit more like. Uh, people knew what they were doing more, which kind of made it more dangerous. I think in the early days, people were like, what is this crazy place? And in the later days, it's we're going here because we know this is a crazy place. It's like jackass, um, jackass being jackass. Like, <laughs> the jackass being part. jackass. And hell, yeah. Knoxville did a, a shitty version of that film. Uh, <laughs> sure did. <laughs> sure yeah. did. They had, Kevin, they were playing those commercials. I'll never forget on Channel 11 back when we were kids. I, I remember that very, very. Oh, I remember the commercial. Yeah, you remember so the jingle? Was, it, no. See, we're Action, pretty, action Park. Wasn't there's it nothing, something like that? There's nothing in the world like Action Park. Yeah. Action, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got I could it. See the, I could see the Action Park logo like in scrolling rainbow, across in the rainbow screen. letters. It, yeah. it was like the 1877 Cars for Kids of its time. Yeah. Oh, you know, fuck it's just you. like it's in there. Fuck oh, you, God damn you. Fucking song in our head. Heads. Who does that? Kevin Israel. So they, 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 they're sponsoring this this appearance, just so you guys know. Yeah. By the way, they are a shell corporation for is a Jewish uh, uh, thing there, by the way. Did you know that for the Orthodox Jews? Did you know that? Cars yeah, I did. I did know that. Yeah. I had no idea. Yes, they uh, that's that our fingers in everything. <laughs> Seth has chosen a film, kids, that we were just talking right before I hit record. That no one has done yet. I'm surprised. Sorry, has nominated to do, and that is 1984: Revenge of the Nerds. A Revenge of the Nerds. Nerds. <laughs> nerds. <laughs> I remember, like yesterday. 1984 yeah. budget of eight million dollars. A box office haul at the time of 60.4 million. Turn that into 2021 money. I did. 20.5 million dollar budget. Not with the Action Park movie that Seth did, or and a haul of one hundred fifty-five point three million dollars. That's all right. Five and a half ish time, more than five. Excuse me. Huge for a comedy. Yeah, almost huge for a comedy. Just crazy. Just crazy. By the way, eight million dollars seems like a lot. Yeah, like this didn't seem like an eight million dollar budget. (laughs) No, this movie. One of my favorite things about this movie is like in party scenes at every angle, you see the same extras in the background, just like slightly moved. It's great. Yeah, this all went to cocaine for Donald Gibb. That is my oh yes assumption. (laughs) Uh, As we all know, fans and friends of the show, IMDb is a scale 
one through ten with decimal points. Seth, why not venture a guess and see what Revenge of the Nerds scored on IMDb? Let's put it at 6.5. Kevin Israel? I'm going to preface this by saying that I have absolutely no feeling as to what this would have. Usually most movies I'll be like, I have a, a range. Sure. No, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was a 5. I wouldn't be surprised if it was a 9. So I'm going to cut the difference and say 7.5. Well, some of, one of you has won both showcases. And that is our guest, Seth Porges. 6.6. One. Wow. Hunter well away from it's the rating of the devil right there. Yeah. Wow. Rotten Tomatoes, one through 100 percentage based score. Kevin Israel, the honor is yours. This is audience or, or critics? Oh, I'm sorry. Critics score. Critics. 69. <laughs> nice. Ooh, I get what you're doing, you son of a bitch. Seth. <laughs> Staying on. Staying on brand. Yes, this sir, this has got to be like one of the harder movies ever that picked the Rotten Tomato because there's probably reviews from when it first came out mixed in with these like lookbacks uh-huh. uh, from recent times. And they're going to be, I think, very, very different. So I'll just call it an even 50. One of you is dead nuts on. Yeah, it's gotta that be Seth. <laughs> is my co-host with this dirty <laughs> mind. Six yes. dudes. Oh, that's fantastic. Isn't it? I'm, this is amazing. But listen, if one of you gets a showcase on this one, that's got to be a first or maybe a second. <laughs> what was the audience Rotten Tomatoes score, Seth? Again, one through 100. Oh, man, this is going to be tough. Let's say 78. Kevin Israel? So here's the thing. I think probably when the movie first came out, the audience score would have been much higher. And then probably as people have watched it over the years, it's dropped just because of political correctness. Um I'm going to say an 81. 73. <sighs> Got it. Quotes. Now, for those of you listening, we taped last week Casablanca. And if you recall, <laughs> Casablanca, according to those queefs at AFI, says that is the most quoted film of all time, to which Kevin and I goofawed. Yes, goofawed. I now have in front of me, 15 quotes that blow away <laughs> Casablanca because this film is a quote fucking delight. Ready? And I'm going to leave the obvious ones on the table. You're that nerd. Ogre, you asshole. You guys, you guys seem pretty cool. Take these for later. He hands him the condoms. <laughs> One of my favorite lines. Step aside, mama. Let me see that muff. <laughs> You have oh, too- no. <laughs> love that line. You have too many kings. Let me give you three fresh cards. Judy is a nice girl. Big deal. Did you get in her pants? No, she's not that kind of girl. Why? Does she have a penis? <laughs> Do you know karate? No. No. Good. We arrested him for mopery. You know, exposing exposing himself to <laughs> a blind it. man. I love that line. <laughs> Booger, Booger, you have any dates? No, I've been out combing the high schools all day. Boy, you moose sure can party. Maybe later we have Robster Cross. Smile pretty chickies. Hair pie. Thank you. (laughs) That nerd saw me naked. This is bullshit. I went bush. Pan down. We've got bush. How do you feel, Takashi? Oh, fucking great. Kevin Israel, I know there is a bushel. for you to go pick from. So pick away. You know what? I I only picked out one because I felt like some... I mean, like the limp-wristed throwing style and all that. Like, 
It's all been done to death. But I picked out one that I never noticed before, and it's a fantastic quote that I'm going to use going forward. I thought I was looking at my mother's old douchebag, but that's in Ohio. <laughs> I was going to write that down. I go, I have too many booger quotes. I, I need to curb down. He was a he was a quote monster in Even this movie. his t-shirts are quotes yes. in that yeah. movie. <laughs> yeah. So we had something about like I want head all day long. Give, Give me, me head head so I'm dead. dead. <laughs> yeah. He was kind of doing like a Judah Friedlander and 30 Rock thing with his shirts, yeah. I think, you know. Oh, he blows Judah Friedlander out of the goddamn water. Let's make sure we call a spade a spade. Hey Seth, how about you? Any quotes that really jumped out at you? Yeah. Two I love. Uh, Poindexter, would you rather live in the ascendancy of a civilization or during its yes. decline? And um, right. at the end, no one is really going to be free until nerd persecution ends. <laughs> and isn't that the moral of this movie? That, oh. That's what this movie it tries to be about and gets very much caught up uh, in other issues along the way. Five fun facts. Five fun facts, 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 five fun facts. Booger's burp wasn't actually a burp. It was a camel orgasm. He could not burp on command. Stop it. Is that your plan B? If you can't get somebody to burp on command, you find a camel. Who came up with that? Who's stimulating the camel? Like, all like these a lot of, like from a to b that doesn't seem like the cleanest line yeah is there a camel fluffer that we're missing to get that going yeah i'd love to did know they do that in like southern california wherever this was filmed or did they like travel to the middle like what filmed it raises way more questions than answers filmed at the university of arizona if you believe that there it is number two that's that's crazier than how they came up with godzilla's roar which was what? Again, Which was like an amalgamation of things. Oh. Like, I don't remember either, but it's like it's like five or six different things. I think oh. they just slowed down Jolene uh, really deeply, and it sounded like Godzilla's roar. <laughs> I like also how Star Wars with the lightsabers was just an old TV humming in and out. I stumped you with that one, really? Okay. I'm pretty sure in Jurassic Park, they like view it as a trade secret how they did the T-Rex roar in the first movie, and the sound guys never never answered that question. Uh, I Oh, I do know the answer to that. Someone That's took terrible. Wayne Knight's last play from the plate from the buffet, and he got out a belly roar because he's a big fat, so I don't, <laughs> don't know why. I just yeah. pulled that out of my ass. Oh. Number two. Uh, uh, uh. Uh, uh, uh. That's good. Nah, nah, nah. Number two, Anthony, <laughs> Edward, Anthony Edwards did not want to do the sequel, but he did it because it afforded him a pool, which he now calls his Revenge of the Nerds 2 pool. Fun fact, Land yeah, the, You know, like the famous uh, Michael Caine, you know, like the famous Michael Caine story for why he did Jaws 2. He was like, yep. by all counts, the Jaws movie is 4. terrible, but the beach house it paid for. <laughs> Jaws 4. But the beach house it paid for is quite nice. <laughs> I also love in his acting book, I think Stern read it on air. He goes, I only do movies. I'm not going to do a Michael Caine. I'm terrible. I only do films. I, I film movies in the winter where it's warm and I go where it's cold normally in the summer. That's how I choose scripts. Which is brilliant. The same should be so said. If anybody about- has like a screenplay and they want Michael Caine, this is what you do. Yeah. Yeah. 
That I would do the same if I was a headlining comic. I go, don't book me in Canada until mid June, and then until late September. That's my window for Canada, and that's it. Number three, Landa 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 became a real fraternity in 1996 at UConn, University of Connecticut. Uh, wow. Uh, Robert Carradine got his nerd laugh from Jamie Cromwell, and Jamie Cromwell got his nerd laugh from his ex-wife. Also, come on, Jamie Cromwell, that's like when you watch uh, Boys in the Hoods and it's Larry Fishburne. That's, right. that's James Cromwell, guys. Sure. James Cromwell. Babe. <laughs> yeah. Thankfully, a reboot was shut down two weeks into filming for Revenge of the Nerds. They started filming it? Yes. <laughs> and, and someone said... You know what? We're not going to do the old Back to the Future and replace the actors. We're just going to shut this shit down altogether because it's a bad idea. Now there's I want a way. See. There's a way to make it work, which we'll get to. There's a way to make it work. Mm-hmm. Now, time, Kevin Israel, for our new favorite segment: Ask a Gutter. 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 Fan favorite, Newark at Newark Night, which is Brandon Brandon Oglesby doing the Brandon recap. He wants to know, Seth, did you ever want to try or has anyone ever tried on you the Darth Vader helmet trick from this movie? Um, Is that a trick? Uh, it's not the word i would use i also love i don't think it was a darth vader helmet i think it was like the turkish knockoff of star wars or something it was like like let's just evade lucas ip infringement by spray painting black some like other generic it was the cheap halloween costume when you couldn't afford darth vader like dark space night dark dark spader dark (laughs) you know it's just like james spader costume dark spader varth dater no, Marth, Marth Dater. No, um, no, nobody has has tried the Darth Vader trick on me, and I have no interest on in you trying it on anybody else. To answer his question, I don't. I don't think trick is the word I would use. That's assault, I, brother. I think. Assault. I think. I think Brandon just tried to get you to admit to doing some rape. <laughs> <laughs> nice try, man. Or or admit to that you want to secretly be raped. I don't know, oh, Brandon. This, this episode is we're, we're 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 teetering on thin ice, guys. <laughs> oh, the, the, there's no ice left. No. There's no ice left. Next yeah. one from Superfan Katie Cohen. Which is your favorite performance of Curtis Armstrong, aka Booger? I think it's either Booger or I mean, there's or Risky Business. He was awesome in um, Better Off, Better Off Dead, Better Off Dead. Let's just say Better Off Dead. Um, just like you know, top of the mountain. Look at all of this snow, priceless white gold snow. Uh, so we'll put Better Off Dead. Same character. You same literally character. named three of the same characters. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> He's. I think you know one of the things that Revenge of the Nerds does well is casting of booger because there are not many actors who are like dirty old men stuck in a 20 year old's body <laughs> like it, it's kind of incredible you know My like if that if somebody had done days of days and confused and put him in the mcconaughey role like that whole movie would have been different i feel like. oh, yeah <laughs> that's a great fucking point my wife just read his autobiography he was actually a shakespearean trained actor he was like a, a real, like a real actor. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. And That's you can amazing. tell, like, there's subtext. There's, uh, you know, inner story. Like, he's a, he's a fully lived in character. You believe that this guy just spent all day at the high school when you see him in this movie. <laughs> at Llama Lavender, Guama Harrison L., who's another super fan of ours, she wants to know, 
How do you feel about the scene where they did the uh, talent competition? I personally love it. I think it's unbelievable. I think uh, for all this movie's flaws, and there are many and there are egregious ones, uh, the final song just rules. It, it is awesome. It is absolutely awesome. There's, there's like very few scenes that are that are like iconic enough and good enough and kind of stand alone on their not you know enough like family guy can just do that scene without any changes to it and that's a joke and i think they did like a four minute version of that family guy the whole joke was they're yeah. just doing this scene you know it's it, it's unbelievable it's so good um it's aged in the best possible way unlike the rest of this movie uh there's there, it's just, just like awesome it's just awesome gotcha kevin israel that ends Ask a gutter. So now it is time for Seth Porges. He seems he's very excited. He's like one of the alpha betas who are all ready to come out of that tunnel and uh, line up in a 4-3 defense and do some seven-on-seven drills. It is now time for Seth Porges to gut Gut. the The sacred cow. All right, guys, this is going to be fun. So, so first off, I'm actually going to do something a little bit different and tell you guys what I love about this movie. Um, before Wrong kind of podcast, like, asshole. No. <laughs> okay. So, so first thing, like, I think this movie is actually like when it's, when it's rocking, it's rocking. I think it's super funny at times. I just love the genre. I, I just love the crap out of like snobs for slobs movies. Give me Caddyshack. Give me the fictional movie in The Simpsons that Homer watches again and again when he goes to college where like Corey battles the Dean. I would watch that like all day long, right? Um, at this core, I think this movie also has a really interesting idea, which is kind of using this concept of the nerd uh, as a stand-in for all sorts of like subjugated or, or subjugated or persecuted peoples. I kind of think about like how X-Men takes mutants and turns them into minorities or the gay communities or anything as, as like, you know, turns it all into this, this allegory. And clearly that's what this movie wanted to do with nerds. I mean, even like when, when they get ejected out of their dorm and they're put into like disaster housing in the gym and Wormser calls it like... You know, he says, this is what would be typical of refugees from war. Like, that's all kind of interesting stuff. I love that there's an 80s robot in this movie. Like, <laughs> you really can't go wrong with an 80s robot. Give me Rocky Four. Give me Gremlins. Did Gremlins have one? Gremlins 1 had one. Gremlins had one. Like, give me a good Short 80s. Short Circuit 1 and 2. Short Circuit 1 2. Give me a good 80s movie robot. The problem with this one, though, is that that robot had, like, one job to clean, and it was absolutely terrible at it. Uh, it was it was just pushing dust back and forth. It was not good. Uh, I think the Poindexter character is awesome and was clearly the basis for Napoleon Dynamite. Um, anytime Excellent. he's on screen. Excellent observation. Yes. Excellent observation. Any, right. Anytime he's on screen, you can't turn away. The dude has, I think, maybe two lines in the entire movie. He's third build uh one of his lines was the aforementioned would you rather live in the ascendancy of a civilization or during its decline but as a physical performance i think it's unreal i think the key to kind of unlocking why is this character funny as the view it is like a character from a body swap movie like big this is a child placed into an adult's body who is suddenly seeing experiencing everything for the first time uh even like how he's dressed he's in this like three-piece suit that's kind of how like a mom would dress their kid before a school photo right <laughs> uh the story the story of this character which i'm sure you guys came across is that the actor came in for the audition and he did that dance he does and he gets like got the role on the spot uh he doesn't need to talk i think the point extra character is amazing i kind of love uh the weird paternal relationship between Wormser and Lamar. I think it's really cute and really cool and kind of works. Um, the song at the end, just that song 
so so good also this movie has an opening credit song that is the name of the movie and i always like when yes yes i, think ah, it, I thought that too <laughs> it's really good i think it's awesome when a movie like wants you to know what the movie is and you know what this movie didn't do is it didn't have somebody like turn to the camera and go it looks like this is the revenge of the nerds it didn't do that if it had done that this movie would have been next level but a theme song with the name of your movie is like the next best thing you can do there um the final speech of the movie where they're like everybody's a nerd um i think it kind of works like i like it's emotional it's funny it's interesting uh the theme of you know nerds being sort of stand-ins for all subjugated people it works there it works there i think the john goodman scene uh with the with the liquid heat on the jocks i think is great physical comedy um i think that's a really really cool scene that's that's good that's all that's good about this movie however dot 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 it's really hard to think of a movie that has aged lay less gracefully than this film, short of Birth of a Nation. This is like like this this is a movie <laughs> what a comparison. that <laughs> wow. honestly, like this is a movie about nerds who get revenge. It's right there in the title. Revenge of the Nerds. But in doing so, these nerds become far worse, far more menacing than the bullies who hurt them. In doing so, they engage in criminal, abusive, sexually exploitive uh, behavior that they rationalize with a vague sense of outrage and entitlement. There is a world in which this movie, Stomped on Nerds, Get Revenge by Doing Awful Criminal Things, becomes really interesting. A critique of how these cycles of persecution continue, a, you know, in some ways a mirror to society now in which the most outraged and most uh, seemingly, you know, people who view themselves as victimized can in turn become the biggest monsters. The problem is that this movie doesn't have any idea about that. It turns these characters instead into heroes and it makes their actions seem just like totally fine and the result is kind of catastrophic um if somebody's going to remake this movie today and i think there's a real way to do it right you would do something like take take the movie exactly as it is but tack on a final act that makes it so both the nerds and the up until then complacent audience kind of come to terms with how awful everything they just witnessed just was right what this movie needs is an epilogue it's like 25 years later Wormser is now an online troll who spends his days on 4chan uh, terrorizing <laughs> uh, women, right? Lamar is a conspiracy theorist spreading disinformation via his Facebook groups. Booger is still hanging out at high schools so looking for dates. Lewis is in prison. You know, like all of these characters, you know, or even just like the end of Animal House where you kind of see this character did this, this character did this. There was opportunities to, this, this movie just is so unconcerned with the consequences of these actions. It paints entirely, entirely as juvenile hijinks when they were categorically awful, categorically traumatizing the people. The entire second act of this film is basically a series of escalating sex crimes uh, presented as harmless high drinks. In a very short span of time, we see the nerds, one, break into the home of multiple women, that sorority house is their home, to scare them while they're in various states of undress, steal their underwear while they simultaneously have a 10-year-old child install remote control cameras in their bedrooms and bathrooms that are presumably still in place throughout the entire span of the movie and thereafter. They are never removed over the course of this movie. They're probably there for the sequels. They also use photos snapped from said cameras and distribute them to the entire campus in a sort of proto-revenge porn scheme, right? And then, of course, this all culminates in a scene that can 
only be described as assault and which of course is the the moon bounce rape scene uh the aforementioned darth vader scene which is terrible um and then of course like the salt on all of that is the woman when she finds out what happens is grateful for it it's <laughs> uh, is very happy about having just been assaulted and it turns out the guy gets the girl all he had to do was uh deceive her and assault her and then of course there are the racial stereotypes. This was the same year that 16 Candles came out and it has many of the same problems uh, that that movie has. I think Takashi is a character that is uh, very much a relic of mid-1980s films. I'm going to quote Lawrence Van Gelder of the New York Times. In his review, he wrote, quote, it is the absence of genuine comedy that exposes glaringly the film's fundamental attitude of condensation and scorn towards blacks and women and a tendency towards stereotyping that clashes violently with its superficial message of tolerance, compassion, and fair play. I disagree that this movie is not funny. It is a funny movie. I absolutely do agree that there is something so weird and disconcerting about watching a movie that is about being cool to other people it is about compassion it is about tolerance but it is a movie that in itself has absolutely none of that for so many of the characters the people the the types of people that it uses in the film and it's really hard to watch this movie now and not just think that the movie is still very funny but the humor now is very much cringe it is a cringe comedy now in a way it wasn't before i also think it's an important film i think it's one people should watch i think we often like to take these movies that are sort of regrettable and throw them away and memory hold them or whatever it is because they were racist or sexist and a lot of these films were but i think um I think this movie, it's important for us to look back and see, like, not that long ago, this was cool. This was normal. This was whatever. Uh, when today, it, it clearly is not. It wasn't then, but people didn't know then. And I think it's really important to see, like, oh, my goodness, like, th this was funny. Uh, so <laughs> that's, that's my, there you go, Sacred Cow. Got it. All right. Well, hold, no, hold, no, you don't get to decide if you got it. That's our fucking <laughs> so. job. Give me a number, Seth, on your own one to ten. Yeah, I give this two ratings. I give it if I was watching this in 1984, I'd be like a nine for me. I think it would I would have laughed my ass off. I grew up watching this movie. I grew up loving this movie, but at the same time, this movie is like a negative ten. It's it's uh, let's just call it a flat zero as a as sort of a, an evenness there, you know. And one hand's a negative ten, another it's a ten. Let's just even it out at zero. Zero. Uh, no, wow. it's 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 you know okay. What it does well, it does so well. And this movie's so fun. And it looks like everybody was having so much fun making it. And the characters are so memorable. And there's so many good quotable lines. Uh, but at the same time, it's morally bankrupt. So let's give it a five. I was going to say, you can't go as funny as shit to zero. I was going to yeah. completely yeah. poke holes five in is a Five is a very fair score. Yeah, fine. Yeah. Fine. I'm not going to argue that. Z-Notes yeah. brought to you by guttingthesacredcow.com. My T-shirt's over there. Kevin Israel's wearing a Gutting the Sacred Cow T-shirt. That's for goddamn sure. What I do have, though... You won't look as good in it as I do, but you can try. Gutting the Sacred Cow stickers. That's right, kids. Send us... Uh, we'll give you three for five or one for three. Venmo, uh, Venmo us, DM us, and we'll send them out. But go to guttingthesacredcow.com every day for merch. And more importantly, though, free blog articles every day, Monday through Friday. Our favorite topic, that doesn't happen, to which there are many. That doesn't happen in this film, which I'm about to get to. Movies we've seen, quotes, all that fun stuff, sequels we want to see or never asked for, guttingthesacredcow.com every single day. And, of course, to advertise with us is guttingthesacredcow at gmail.com. That's right. Commercials you heard on this, per uh, heard on this podcast, 
you can be part of that fun parade, guttingthesacredcow at gmail.com, and we'll get the, uh, the dialogue going. Notes. This is a fun fact and a first for me for this podcast. A very first for me. You know what it is? This was the first film that I watched for this podcast to review on VHS tape. That's right. I still have a Revenge of the Nerds VHS copy in my house. So Yahtzee. You guys, you missed a lot of key details in the letterboxing. Though. <laughs> if that was only 4-3. You missed yeah, a lot of. I was going to say it was 4-3. So you're yeah. right. I didn't see this. The complete size where one of the characters got cropped out like an Indiana Jones in the Last Crusade. More importantly, you still have a VCR. I have a DVD VCR <laughs> combo. That's what I have. That's going to go in the Smithsonian in two to three years. I know. Also, like, I think the movie is funnier on CRT and VHS. I'll say too. Fair. 100%. There's yeah. nothing more fun to go, oh, my God, I have to rewind this to watch this now. I haven't done that in 30 fucking years. Notes, two guys moving to college freshman year, and they fit all their shit in one trunk. Fuck you. No, 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 no. All their shit on, to- on a thin layer on top of a robot right. that takes up about right. four-fifths right. of the entire <laughs> trunk. I, I had my parents' minivan so packed, my brother and sister couldn't come see me off the college. That's how packed it was. And these assholes have one trunk with nerd accoutrements everywhere? No. I love how Lewis's real-life brother was Kane from Kung Fu, Bill from Kill Bill, and then died while hanging from a shower and jerking off. Let's not forget that fun fact. Did we need the cartoon boing when the luggage straps came <laughs> off the car? That right there, I, I caught, I clocked that too. And I was like, like, you know, they only, what's so weird is they didn't keep that up for the whole movie. Like if somebody had done a, a cut of this where there's cartoon effects, but it felt like just that one place, like the cartoon guy, like Foley guy got in there. <laughs> he had to earn that credit. Next one, the 80s were the last time that ROTC were on college campuses. That's what I've ascertained. I have a real problem with one of the Alpha Betas wearing overalls. Did he break into Uncle Jesse's wardrobe from Dukes of Hazard? No. And what jock is wearing overalls? Not in my fraternity. Nope. Stair diving must have been all the rage in the music fraternity that Kevin Israel pledged. Ted McGinley, I'm going to talk about range. Ted McGinley has such range. He has a smoke show girlfriend in Revenge of the Nerds, but married a rubber chicken in Marcy from in Married with Children. Range. The Dean standing by the as the Alpha Betas run amok is the second most cuck thing you can imagine. John, only John Goodman fucking the Dean's wife on the 50-yard line during the homecoming game would be the only most cuck thing that that Dean would be subjected to. Every SJW's asshole must have been fully puckered up by minute four of this film, right? Just checking. Wormser's parents dropping him off with just two suitcases. Two suitcases. And as a freshman in college, that's even way more bullshit than just a and they drop him. They drop him off in like the refugee housing the gym, gym too. Right. They're, they're not like... You know, they're not, they're not like, um, maybe we're, 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 you know, you're not staying here. They're like, good, be in this giant, like, hurricane relief gym. Yeah, yeah. they're going to go home. His parents are going to go home and fuck on his bed. That's the first thing they're doing, <laughs> is what that says to me. This reminds me. How eager me- do you, how, how much you have to hate your kid to kick him out at age 10 like that, too? Yeah, yeah. You know? Go be a man. By the way, good luck watching people fuck in your dorm room at 3 a.m. drunkenly while you're still sleeping at 9. Uh, this reminded me of a story that happened to me when I was a drug rep at Merck where one of the doctors 
bragged, bragged to me how he goes, oh, I just got on the last plane out of New Orleans right before Hurricane Katrina hit. I go, okay, cool. He goes, I just dropped off my daughter at Tulane University and got the fuck. I go, why would you leave her in the middle of a hurricane? <laughs> Not a good father, even worse doctor. Frater- so in this film, fraternities were allowed to select members because of the circumstances. And then poof, they're in the fraternity. Hey, hey all you guys who pledged 10 and a half weeks and got the shit kicked out of you. No, no, no. Let these guys in because of special circumstances. That doesn't happen. Ah, yes, the old fraternity, let's fuck a sheep joke. Can't have a, can't have a college movie with fraternity life without a fuck a sheep joke, right? Which was the third question someone asked in our pledge group. Do we have to have sex with a sheep? Answer, why not? No. Instead of the video where the, the animation, excuse me, where Gilbert and his girlfriend eventual were uh, holding hands in the computer animation, he should have drawn a circle with his fingers and a finger going in and out just to show that he means business. Judy sporting those huge 80s glasses. Didn't that bring us all back to the fun times? You know, simpler times. Ah, eight. You're talking about those are back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all the girls are wearing those huge glasses. <laughs> yeah, and they all live in Williamsburg. Girls that we would not yep. have sex with if we were single. Ah, a fast motion and a fast animation motion cleaning montage with 80s music almost as good as a shopping montage we love. An automatic half point added because of that cleaning up scene with the music. Love those. I love how the cop says he does not have jurisdiction over the campus, but the Greek council does. Someone should teach him how law enforcement really works. Here is, yet again, credit to Kevin Israel, another 80s movie where a lead lady does everything in her power to get someone set up or damn near killed and then is raped by her and then falls in love. <laughs> I laughed my balls off when they played Swing Low, Sweet Chariot. At yes. Next yes. That whole, about- that whole scene is perfect. I loved it. Yeah. I mean, smoking weed in front of your national members from your fraternity, national chapter fraternity, is a great way to get your charter yanked. That also doesn't happen. As a former fraternity guy, I had a few problems with this, these parts, but, you know, whatever. When the alpha betas mooned the nerds and had words written on their asses, that means other dudes had to draw on those guys' asses, which surprised me. No one decided to draw a dick on some other guy's butt. John 316 on his butt, or your mom was just here on their butts. None of that happened. It would have been my fraternity, Alice. I That's what it. pledges were for, Kev. Come on. You have to imagine in real life, though, somebody working on this film had to draw on all of their butts. And whose job was that? The interns or the PAs. Yeah. When you're done getting coffee, go get a Sharpie and write on Ogre's ass cheeks. Don't mind the tuft of ass hair he has growing up. Just write in it. Somebody uh, that was told, hey, you can either draw pictures on these guys' asses or go two lots down and be a fluffer. You decide. <laughs> 37 minutes in and finally, gratuitous nudity, which is pretty damn long for a teen comedy in the 80s. That's for sure. And pretty damn gratuitous. <laughs> Speaking of women brushing their hair while topless, is that a thing? If not, let's make it one, shall we? The level- wasn't that in wasn't that in a in road trip wasn't there the scene where they're all in the bathroom naked and they stop and they're like women don't no, just dude, stand around naked he's like hey are you telling the story or am i what a great callback and you're 100 percent right 
the level of lawsuits and arrest now after a panty raid, let alone putting cameras in their bedrooms. Did Chuck Berry inspire this scene with his multiple toilet cam setups in his life? How is it that all friends' houses who have you know parties or barbecues, how are we all not having a tricycle and then chug a beer for every lap race? Why aren't we doing that, Kevin Israel? That's hey, f- wait, for the record, we are still waiting on our three-wheel shining yes! race <laughs> shining marathon the around wheel. the hotel who will allow us to do it. <laughs> I swear the next hotel I see that's under construction while I'm making calls and we're doing this. <laughs> Make it happen. Uh, Booger picking his nose and then arm wrestling that gal is still fucking hilarious. <laughs> Every Everything Curtis Armstrong does is fucking hilarious. That dude just like like that like a real lived in person that character he doesn't like a lot of these people just like feel like like extras pulled off the lot that's a character right there yeah uh my six-year-old can burp longer than ogre did couldn't they have used another take where he lasted longer than a nine-year-old asian girl prove it reagan (laughs) if we do a burping competition i'll put some some stakes on the line for that yeah she can fake burp already. I didn't even teach her that. I'm so proud of her. Why didn't the dean fire John Goodman at least twice by minute 45? Unless John Goodman is 10 and 0 as a football coach, no dean is suffering that disrespect. That's a bunch of horse shit. Uh, I'm going to quote Betty. All this kissing makes me horny. Stan. <laughs> Betty, go away. You're like a goat. She wants to fuck in public. Let me get this right. She wants to fuck in public, and he's just throwing her away. That motherfucker must have plenty of side women because that doesn't happen. They're selling pies that are just whipped cream in a tin. I was hoping for a little more sustenance if I'm a customer when ordering a pie. I don't know. So straight up rape ends up with, quote, oh, God, you were wonderful. Posing that question for my audience and friends. This had to inspire at least 85,000 raves. I, I mean, if anything, can we put a don't fucking do this in big, bold caption letters on the on the screen from now like, on? Like if, if Disney Plus can, in the, before Aladdin, put a disclaimer about like outdated stereo, racial stereotypes, this movie needs like right. a full end user license agreement yeah. that you don't read before yeah. you do it. Yeah, I just... I'm not. I'm not these guys. Go, oh, this is what that scene is, is. Is very tough to go. Well, you can't defend that one, guys. I'm sorry. It's just, ah, uh. All right. Uh, I'm proud to say my pledge class won our talent competition as well. So just a thumbs up for the Phi Kappa Tau folks. Epsilon Epsilon chapter. Ah, white nerds break dancing in the talent show. Guess who else did that? Me and my first grade best friend, David Marcy, to the theme of Axel Foley's from Beverly Hills Cop. No, unfortunately, there is no tape of this segment. Uh, I was going to say again, prove it. <laughs> I believe me. I wish. Uh, John Goodman is diction. You got your asses whipped by a bunch of nerds. No one says whipped unless you're Stewie Griffin. Thank you. Ogre has done three things in, in cinema history. Well, two in cinema, one on TV. Bloodsport, amazing film. Revenge of the Nerds, bet your ass. And Capital One commercials. We're not getting our fair share of Donald Gibb in our lives no, anymore. No, one more thing. I lived in Chicago for a number of years, and Ogre had a line, a, a local beer line. Uh, it was called, like, Ogre's Beer, and it had his face on the can. God he was bless like, him. He, he was a beer entrepreneur, and that is right on brand. Also, I don't think he has a single line in 
any of the nerds films, this one or others, that is not like terribly ADR'd dubbed over. Yeah. Like, but they kind of, oh, yeah. This, yeah. It's so true. Like his mouth and his words never move in synchrony. Um, it, it kind of, it, it, it makes him feel like weird and like elemental almost. Like he's this like out of world monster. It's kind of awesome. I love how the bass riff signals the arrival of the black guys arriving on the scene to save the day. The bass That's what we call a, a, a late motif. Yes. Uh, that's what we call. Time to retire these three songs from any sports film, period. We are the champions. Goodbye. Song number two by Blur and Rock and Roll Part Two by Gary Glitter. Goodbye. Good riddance. No one misses you. Jesus. Revenge of the Nerds 2 is easily one of the worst sequels that no one talks about being one of the worst sequels. This falls right into my sequel theory. You cannot have an R-rated original and the second one be a PG-13. It does not work out ever. Well, and, and third and fourth were made for broadcast television. Uh-huh. So they were like yep. G-rated on top of that. Yeah, I'll even slide a PG in there. In summary, it is impossible to remake this film so don't fucking try it but this film is still fucking hilarious there's no denying that one bit yes yes all those reasons you gave very true the rape shit that's just a bad look and gave a lot of people a lot of bad ideas but this film is still fucking funny i don't care it's insanely quotable as i just proven and still funny so i'm between between booger alone he was the Stifler before Stifler in American Pie 1 and 2. I don't acknowledge 3 and 4. They're trash. But he was the Stifler before Stifler. And God damn, what is he great. This film is still hilarious. I love it. Does it pass the remote test, Kevin Israel? I don't know. Set the remote test. Is it, if you're ever flipping around in cable, you catch it at any point in juncture. Do you flip it on? Do you stay with it for the rest of the dura- duration of the film? And you know what? Fuck it. I do stay on. And then I tune right out in the very end because I don't need to hear the lecture about nerds and being treated equal and, uh, you know, that the talent <laughs> competition. I don't need to see that again. I've seen it before. I want jokes. That's what I'm here for. Jokes. I give this film a seven out of 10, nay, seven and a half out of 10 because of said cleaning montage with 80s music, which always puts uh, a smile on my face. Almost as good as the shopping montages in the 80s, but God damn it, I give credit where credit is due. Seven and a half out of ten. This film's still a fucking classic. Love it, despite its shitty themes at times. I don't care. I can put it in the time capsule which you came from. Love it. Kevin Israel, the floor is yours. First of all, no movie we've ever reviewed has more closely encapsulated the Kevin Israel, Kevin Goatee dynamic in Revenge <laughs> of the Nerds. Kevin Goatee if was, if Kevin Goatee was turned just his person into a fraternity, it would be the Alpha Betas. Oh, boy. And, and I was the Lambdas. Like, that's, it's just, it's such a perfect just personality dynamic of us that I just watching it the whole time. If, Kev, if you didn't go as Stan at some point for, for Halloween, then you're missing out on a great uh, costume opportunity and you need to do so post haste. The, the worst thing about it is I can't, I play baseball, I can't throw a football to save my life for shit and catch it because I have too much of a baseball throw. I cannot throw a football properly. I know you would think so. I'm, I'm pretty sure Stan couldn't throw a football either. So. No, no, he actually, I think, he, I, I think McGinley played ball because he's on the uh, men of USC calendar I found in my research. Oh, did he really? Yeah. 
So I think yeah. it's actually him and Mark Harmon were the two jockiest jocks actors of the 80s because Mark Harmon, he played quarterback at UCLA. This this movie is just and you, you already said it, Kev. It's such a time capsule of the 80s. Like it represents everything that was good and terrible about the 80s. It it you know, just the whole nerd thing, the whole just assigning this identity to a group of people who were intelligent and socially awkward. It was just such a phenomenon that it existed before this, and then it was really labeled by this movie, and then it just took a, on a life of its own that lived on for you know almost twenty years until people started saying, and you know, <laughs> almost until Iron Man came out, and then people were like, "Oh, nerds are kind of cool. We like all these movies and all this weird geeky shit." And oh, and by the way, nerds rule the world because they invented the internet. So <laughs> it 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 really it was just it really lived as this just moment in time. That you go back and you look at all these things and all the, you know, all the horrible stuff that Seth said and all the great funny stuff that we find in this movie was that was the 80s. That was literally the 80s. And Kevin and I were both I said that I don't know how old you are, but Kevin and I were both children in the 80s. You know, we were children in the 80s and we're teenagers in the 90s. We're Gen X, you know, right at the tail end of Gen X. Um, so you, you watch this movie and you just you just think this is really this this it was it was uh, sort of a character. But it really wasn't far off by how people thought and how people behaved at the time. And it just it just puts jams it all into this movie. And I don't think any other movie really does it quite as well as as this movie did. And watching it all, it just takes me back so much. The music, every song in this movie just takes you back to that moment in the 80s, whether it is the and Seth, you said it perfectly, a theme song with the name of the movie. I had it in my notes. Can't be your movie you, can you never can't. be terrible. You, you, when you just can't. Yeah. When you write a whole theme song yeah. for that movie that's based around the name of the movie, fucking amazing. You, you know you're just playing a, with fire. You know yeah. you're playing with fire. I mean, look at I mean the Ghostbusters yeah. theme song. Like, come on. Oh, yeah. Like it's just it's just so it's just such a, a great can, moment. Let me let me let me interject and I'll and I, to, to your point. You know one of my favorite 80s movies that does that with the song and the title? is Police what? Academy 4. They have a Citizens yeah. on Patrol song. That's, yeah, that's, on, do. <laughs> that's, that's on my fucking cell phone to show you what a fan yeah. I am. Um, the whole the computers. I loved that they're like, oh, this this the, you know that has the best computer program. What was the best computer program of a, of a school at 1984? I mean, your computers at that point could program a snake to go around a screen, and you can maybe <laughs> play Oregon Trail, and that was kind of that you, was you, it. You can I draw even, a picture, a portrait of somebody you like by typing on a keyboard. Also. Yeah, which by the yeah. way, no, you couldn't. No, you couldn't. that yeah. that program that he made with the girl and the guy that would have taken probably thirty hours of programming. Uh, Ten people, uh, you know, <laughs> industrial light seconds. magic of its time. <laughs> Eighteen seconds, this motherfucker's like click, 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 click. Yeah, okay, that does <laughs> right. It and he's not even looking at the keys; he's just looking at Herbie and like, oh yeah, see this. And then it like they they started dancing. Okay, but anyway, so that those that computer whole thing was amazing when they go when they and i don't know why this stuck out to me so much but when they're looking at this at the at the room and he goes can you know can we you think we put a little refrigerator there and he's like we could put a refrigerator and a microwave and it immediately took me back to my freshman year in college when they were like you can rent these refrigerator microwave combos what? And, it, and it was like a hundred bucks for the semester something. wait was that them foreshadowing like the icy hot scene later in the movie that you have a microwave and a refrigerator <laughs> yeah. together that I is some that was, meta ultra meta shit yeah that i can't 
can't fucking imagine they had the foresight to oh, do. I, I doubt think it was that. very deep. Uh, like <laughs> that's, Easter eggs yeah, that's, all throughout that's going, movie. That's going really deep. Yeah. Uh, the 188 proof liquor. First, th- that was a liquor. That was there. Um, was it called 180? What? It, well, no, Bacardi 151. I thought. 151. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah, 180. I don't think 180 even existed. But yeah. and we all did that. I I remember specifically blowing into a lighter to make a fireball and then we were all like this is a bad idea and we stopped doing it but <laughs> i definitely did shots of 151 and it there was always a joke that if you did too many shots you would go blind uh, that was ever clear ever clear was when they always said we'd go yeah. blind i think they could have used more scenes of just the jocks partying in the beginning like the the stair diving the, the yeah. fireball and that's all good stuff and i think they only give us a little bit i want to see the whole jock world built up more yeah they, and they, you know and they did they did the part, and that's why I love Animal House so much because Animal House really gets into the parties, yeah, and it really dives into like each party is a very specific event in the movie. Where this was just like, look, Jock's party, they're stupid, they jump down staircases, and and that was kind of it. But the uh, the one of the issues I had was at least in my I went to University of Delaware. Most football players weren't in fraternities. The football team itself was kind of a fraternity. Mm-hmm. A few went into fraternities, but there was never like the football fraternity. Because if you're on the football team, that yeah. was a group and an organization unto itself. So I don't know if it was like that on other big camp, but I'd imagine on especially big football campuses, you didn't have time to be in a fraternity. Bingo. If you're playing, if you're playing football, you were doing so much other shit. And if you were partying, you were partying with other football players, but not you, you were never getting into a fraternity. So that was. I think that was a little off, but that was that's just me being picky. Uh, everybody in this movie looks like they're about 30, other than the little kid. <laughs> yeah, the little kid, by the way, was probably the closest to looking like an actual freshman in college. The, the Betty, Betty definitely looked like she was in her late 20s, probably almost 30. Uh, and the, uh, Anthony Edward kind of looked young. But by the way, Anthony Edward to me will always be Goose. I don't care if he's a doctor. I don't care if he's a nerd. I don't care what he's doing. He'll always be Goose to me and I'll always get a little a little choked up when I see him because he died. Uh, yeah, I mean, um, even it, it, like if you think the primary actors all look like 30, all the extras in the background are like 40, 50. It's just like whatever <laughs> random people in like the nearby retirement. Well, they only had $8 million, so they had to get whoever they could get. I am. I am. I don't see eight million dollars on screen in 1984 money. And no, <laughs> I, a lot of questions. I told unless it, it was unless it was just they renting the the campus out, which probably took a lot of money. But the uh, and listen, I'm a I'm a I'm a former lawyer, and I can say 100 percent that mopery is not a real thing. So anybody <laughs> concerned or anybody thinking about committing mopery. Uh, it's, it's, it's not a real thing. And I didn't have time to research where they got this from, but the scene where they are the first, the first party scene of the nerds where everybody gets high. I've never smoked weed in my life. I most likely never will smoke weed. There's no reason, real reason why I didn't, I just never did. But that, that scene always (laughs) makes me go, you know what? I kind of want to smoke weed. I kind of get it. This looks like a real good time. Uh, because you want to dance like uh, a Poindexter. Yeah, no, just because I want to, I want to, I want to make out with a lady that's much larger, larger than me, and I think that <laughs> the weed could bring that about. I don't think that you needed weed in your college days to do that, Kevin Israel. No, I, no, and I didn't, and uh, I actually worked it out myself, so don't worry. Uh, <laughs> the uh, the Olympic scene for me, and I always like to bring in a uh, uh, a personal story. Uh, we had 
the kind of fraternity Olympics. I was in a fraternity. My fraternity wasn't quite Lambda, 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 but we weren't far off. We were all kind of the misfits that ended up together. I'd say it was a cross of Lambda, Lambda, Lambda and, uh, and, and Animal House. But the, the Olympics scene. So we had, a, we had Olympics. They had a Olympics week. And then the uh, and then the the big Greek Games Day Olympic Weeks had a had a bunch of different events each night. One of them was a talent competition. It was called Greek God. I don't know why they called it that. It was a talent competition. My junior year of college, we didn't have somebody who would would do it. So I signed up and I was going to do a drum solo because I played the drums in high school. Um, and nobody would. Do it. So I said, I'll just get up there. I'll do a drum solo. It'll be horrible, but at least we'll get the points. Because if you didn't do if you didn't put somebody in, you lost points. So about a week away, I realized I hadn't played the drums in three years, and I didn't know where I was going to get a drum set. But I watched stand-up comedy all the time in college. So I was watching it one night. I, come, I came home drunk, and I was just watching stand-up comedy. And I was like, you know what? I could do this. And I left a message on the girls' answering machine who was running the Greek games. And I said, hey, you know what? I want to switch. And I'm going to do stand-up comedy. And I did. I left it like that night, probably like one in the morning. I was like, this is a good idea. And she called me back the next day, and she's like, that's great. Do stand-up comedy. Nobody's ever done that before. And I did. I did stand-up comedy uh, for Greek Games is uh, the 1997, and it was an utter disaster. It was the worst <laughs> thing that's ever happened. It was probably the worst stand-up comedy performance in the history of stand-up comedy. But that is what led me to do stand-up comedy, for which I've now done for 20 years. Um, and it, uh, I, was, I was drunk. I got on stage. I don't remember a single thing I said. I just remember going, hey, University of Delaware, and then going, all right, see you guys later, and walking off stage, and all my friends going, that was terrible. <laughs> so whenever I, whenever I think of that Greek Olympic scene uh, in the movie, it, uh, it always takes me back to that. <laughs> hey, you, but, ever take a, you ever take a shit in the floor and then shove it underneath your RA's door, and then after you lit it on fire? No? Am I right? <laughs> I did. I, I did do a joke about uh, ribbed condoms, and that I would wear them inside out for my pleasure. Which that was. That's the only joke. <laughs> that's the only joke I remember. It's a solid yeah. joke, man. Solid waka joke. waka. Yeah. So look, you guys covered a lot about a lot of points that I would have made about this movie. So I don't want to belabor the belabor it too much. But you're both right. Look, the, the movie is horribly awkward to watch from today's kind of morality and today's sensitivities. It. It, it has a lot wrong with it, but I think it's, I think, and I agree with Seth that I think in, it's an important movie to watch. Number one, just because you could probably sit and sit with your kid and be like, don't do this shit. And number two, it really is a snapshot of the eighties. And, and just to think that those things weren't just okay. They were celebrated in 1984. I mean, I was eight years old, but it's, I, I think it I think it is significant and it's almost like it's almost like a historical movie to to watch and just to think that not only was it okay, that shit actually happened. All that stuff happened. And Kev's right, there probably were ten thousand Darth Vader rapes that came out of this movie that you know there might some people might not even know. And that's it's it's just crazy to think that that is okay and that that happened. But anyway, for me, I I did really enjoy watching the movie, both from a a nostalgic standpoint and a lot of it still is funny and booger is hysterical and Seth, you're right he is a three-dimensional 360 degree character that has all the trimmings and probably the the, the most interesting uh you know if, if they were going to make an individual movie about a character i would want it to be about booger i would want to see booger, booger's excellent adventure i'd watch that yeah where did where did booger come from what were his motivations the prequel trilogy yeah, yeah right <laughs> uh, <laughs> the origin story like snake eyes although it would be better than snake eyes 
Yeah. yeah. It's, so, I don't know, but the first movie is like this long pod racing scene for some reason. I still don't understand why. <laughs> but, <laughs> so for me, it, it, the movie holds up. I would say it almost holds up better than it did in the 80s because, like I said, looking at it now, it is almost this historical movie looking back. In the 80s, it was almost like a movie like, this is actually happening now. Like, this is real life. Whereas now it's like, this is a cartoon of what it was really like back then. So it's, it's, it's a really different experience to watch it now, but I still enjoyed it. And I still thought there was a lot funny to it. It is insanely quotable. It is ridiculous, but it, it, it does make you feel like, uh, you couldn't, this isn't okay. This isn't okay now. And it shouldn't have been okay then, but that, you know, it was 31 years ago. So, uh, thankfully things were a, l- a little different back then. 31. Did I do that right? Um, so yeah, uh, I I would I would leave this movie at a at about a six for me. So five six and my seven and a half because I love a goddamn montage. What can I tell you? Night right down the ways. All right, let's get into those people. If you look at all their mug shots, their, their mug shots, their uh, their uh, their publicity photos, they all have glasses and they all don't smile and they all haven't smiled since two thousand and eight. It's time for critics five star reviews. Critics, five-star reviews, critics, five-star reviews, critics, five-star reviews, critics, five-star reviews. If you've seen Porky's Animal House, DC Cab, or Police Academy, you've seen nerds. And if you like the prototypes, you'll like the latest of the genre, low humor and all, belching, mooning, panty raids, peeping at girls and booger jokes. Advanced is that capital B booger jokes or lowercase b? Is it a character booger? No, no, nope, nope, lowercase. They, they, okay, they, lower they, they did not give a proper proper noun and no stink and no respect on that. Shame on them. Yeah. Advances on an interesting pro-diversity agenda. The nerds aren't just brainy geeks, but outcasts, including a flamboyant gay man. Parentheses. When big block letters that spell nerds are set on fire outside the nerd house, you're reminded of burning crosses. No, I wasn't. <laughs> that last one was me. Uh, next one, the only worthy successor to Animal House. Fair. PCU is good, too. I didn't like PCU. I love PCU. I haven't oh. seen it so long. I should give it another lot. I remember I saw it when it came We're out. We're not going to protest. We're not going <laughs> to protest. I love that movie. PCU, like, rules. Uh, in I'll, give it, yeah. I'll give it another go. Compared to most of today's grossed-out extravaganzas, this exceedingly upbeat saga seems almost wholesome. Let me see. Critics, mm. one-star reviews. You know you make me wanna critics, one-star reviews. Critics, one-star reviews. And critics, one-star reviews. Critics, one-star reviews. There is a theory that every Hollywood star has a turkey or two in their closet. So today, step forward, Anthony Edwards, star of the hit TV series ER. The nerds perpetrate a, perpetrate a nasty streak, streak of behavior toward women that violates the film's general live-and-let-live attitude, and it stains what is otherwise intended as raunchy but lighthearted fun. Hey, Kev, not to make you go back, that last review where they said, compared to today's gross-out movies, mm-hmm. do you know when that review was from? They're all recent. Oh, it is recent? Because there haven't been that many gross-out comedies lately. You know, 10 years ago, there was a slew of them. But that's that's an interesting... Anyway, sorry. Yeah, no, it's fine. Revenge of the Nerds doesn't do much for movies or nerds. Wrong. (laughs) The nerds perpetrate a nasty streak of behavior toward women that violates the... I already said that one, sorry. Next one. It was an 80s thing. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's almost like an, uh, it's, I feel like that's like an apologist. Yeah, it was the 80s. You, yes. This is this is the only thing missing is a North Jersey town going. It is what it is. It is. What, yeah. The best review of Revenge of the Nerds was the line in American Splendor when the guy says, I like Revenge of the Nerds because in the movie, the nerds win. You know. <laughs> I ever caught. I heard it's good with uh, oh, yeah. Giamatti. Yeah. Amazon five star reviews. Amazon five star reviews. It's time for Amazon five star reviews. Five star reviews. They want like forty dollars for this movie, and this one was <laughs> this one was around ten dollars. Great deal on a great movies of the eighties. It probably was a DVD that came with part two. I'm guessing. I would have taken part two and thrown it right in the fucking trash to be completely on. And I know when we make fun of people who say, oh, I watched five minutes. I was horrified. I threw it in the trash. That doesn't happen. No, but Revenge of the Nerds 2 is so fucking bad. I go, but, I'll keep one and then throw out the other one. But what Revenge of the Nerds 2 does do is it gives Ogre a real arc in it which does. he too discovers that he is a nerd. Sure. And By the way, you on spring break? Yes. Yeah. Nerds in Paradise. Yeah. Nerds in Paradise. Yeah. Did you also, fun fact, for this one, they cut out in the end where Stan Gable is actually a nerd. He goes back to his room, pulls, pulls out a pair of glasses and cracks a book and starts studying. They were to have that, but they changed that. Thankfully. If everybody's a nerd, is nobody a nerd? Oh, you oh. meta horse shit. <laughs> I got to sit down now. Oh. It's very confusing. Is there a universe in my fingernail of a universe? <laughs> I saw this at the big screen and remember laughing my butt off. Then when then and when it was released on DVD, I got it and laughed my butt off. And now on Blu-ray, got it and still laughing my butt off. Simply said, this is a great movie. Warning, you'll laugh your butt off. Warning, now I have no butt. <laughs> it's a lot of butts to be laughed off here. I got this. <laughs> Kevin Israel, cue this one up. I got this movie because my 11-year-old wanted to see an 80s movie. This is the only one I could remember that wasn't a horror movie. Well, I forgot all about the naked people in this movie, Explan- exclamation point. <laughs> she was shocked. And I know <laughs> and I know it is mean, but her reaction was so funny. LOL. <laughs> LOL. P.S. <laughs> I made up for it later by getting her teen witch. Signed, Joel Osteen. <laughs> we have his full name. Uh, <laughs> I, I, coincidentally, me. my wife saw me watching it and she goes, my dad, uh, I watched that with my dad when I was little. And he must have not known what it was about. Because I remember all the naked ladies. And then I remember he just kept going, ah, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I watched this with my cousin. That was a nice, that's how I saw this. Next one. We got Bush. Great movie. <laughs> Lots of boobs. Good price. Crazy Eddie, where prices are insane. Not so a lot of Did they spell boobs B E W B S. I wish. No, they actually took the time to spell it correctly. <laughs> Amazon one star reviews. Amazon one star reviews. Here come the Amazon one star reviews. It arrived on time and stuff. I just hated the movie. <laughs> Delivery gets a five star. I movie does. gets one. I love the clarity. 
Next two are long but worth it. Unbelievably bad on so many levels, but the main blame should fall on the director, who did such an incompetent job. It was excruciating to watch. It was also poorly cast. The main two nerds didn't come off as nerds at all, but normal actors dressed up to try and make them look like nerds. The acting, if one could call it that, was atrocious all around. Also, there were five writers on this film. Five. One would think with that many writers... There would be at least five laugh-out-loud moments, but no, not even a chuckle. It's worth noting that with the exception of Ted McGinley, the rest of the stars who went on to bigger and better things. Wait, they're saying that everybody went to better things except for Ted McGinley, who's been yes. held back? Yes. Did they not watch Mary with the Children? Yeah. I mean, what's Worms are up to? <laughs> <laughs> I like to think that he actually followed your idea, and that's become a a four chan shit stirrer on the internet. I mean, that's the character is bound for. I mean, great things ahead. He's probably a billionaire. That kid by now, also. Yeah, he got onto Bitcoin early, and here we yeah. are, a bunch of fuckheads sitting around <laughs> doing a movie podcast. Last one. Combat bullying by being a bully yourself and a sexual bully is no less of a bully. It is not too surprising then to see that eventually in the movie, the nerd hero wins by wins out by raping the sorority queen, <laughs> which in turn makes her fall in love with him. He does this by impersonating her boyfriend. And when she finds out it is the nerd, she doesn't mind because of the high quality of his sexual performance. And so the message becomes, if you rape someone, Make sure you do it nice and hard. That way, you'll get a free pass. Bully for being a nerd or for any other reason is oppressive. However, the answer to being oppressed is not to oppress back, particularly not as a sexual bully. This one belongs in the ash can of history. Didn't he go down on her? Did I miss that? Off camera. (laughs) That's in the extras. Yeah. In between, yeah, at the craft services table, you know, where it's appropriate. And because he was wearing a mask, it was probably a stunt guy, too. And yeah. how, also, if he actually is doing that, like, he can't, that's a hard plastic mask. You'd have to remove the mask. Fair. I guess that's just how Kubrick got his idea for Eyes Wide Shut. Fair. Oh, dark helmet. You give wait, such wait, good wait, helmet. Wait, 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 wait. In Eyes Wide Shut, was there no mouth stuff? No, they're just fucking with mask on in the orgy. Yeah, because the mask, there's no mouth stuff, probably, right? Yeah. No, there was yeah. a, no, no. Cruz had his mask like go to here. Okay, oh, that's important. That's yeah. important. Okay, <laughs> isn't it? Glad we got to the bottom of that. Yeah, yeah. Kevin Israel, did Seth poor just gut the sacred cow? Seth, you did a fantastic job and made some awesome points. Um, but I think this movie is going to stand this <laughs> stand well, the test of time. I just, I, you know, this is one of those movies that goes down and like and like. And there's not a lot, and there was a lot of attempts to make um, successors to Animal House, and a lot of them failed. But I think this movie was as close as you were going to get to the next kind of evolution of an Animal House type movie. And I think it is important for a lot of the reasons we said, regardless of whether it's important reasons to just be introspective about or important reasons just because it's a good comedy. But you did make a lot of fantastic points, and there was there was I think a lot of opportunity for this movie maybe maybe to even be better. But the, this this cow is going to stand for as many cuts as you did give it. This I'll, cow I'll is, live with the L. Yeah. Yeah, this cow is an adamantium inside. That's for sure. <laughs> I, the jokes are too goddamn strong. I mean, that's it. otherwise it could have fallen under that weight of oh this is socially irresponsible. 
But when you have this many jokes and it still stands the test of time, I'm sorry. I agree with Kevin Israel that this cow is going to continue to be a leaving, leading, a living, breathing, and productive member of society, giving solid quality milk and toward the end of its life, quality beef. But Seth Porges, thanks again once as well once again shout out what you're up to where we can find you what you're up to and all that good stuff yeah 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 you guys yeah you can watch class action park on hbo max i think this movie i probably like kind of came to mind because it kind of as you guys mentioned sort of like straddles the highs and lows of the 80s which is very much what was on the mind our mind we made class action park uh as well although you know a little bit different style there uh you can find me on twitter uh at seth porges and say hey thanks for having me guys I think if you would have made Class Action Park have an 80s shopping montage or a cleaning montage, it would be rated a little bit higher Dude, on IMDb. We, that scene was cut for time. <laughs> it was really good. I, I fought for it, but at the end of the day, the notes were just too tough. Yeah. <laughs> HBO Max doesn't have a time restriction, you lying piece of shit. <laughs> I mean, the, well, the way I wanted to execute it, we just didn't have the budget because when I do a okay. shopping montage, I do it for real. <laughs> well, listen, all you need to do is go to the Walmart up there in Sussex County, and that would have cost nothing but a dime or two. But yeah. again, that's all that good stuff, Seth. We appreciate it. Kevin Israel, how about yourself, sir? What are you up to? Check me out at kevinisrael.com for all my upcoming dates. Comedy is slowly trickling back, and my calendar's filling up, so make sure to check that out. And more importantly, have you left us? A five-star rating and a quick review on your podcast platform of choice. You haven't? How dare you? Well, you have time to make up for it and go and do so because we love reading those reviews. We love seeing the five-star uh, ratings, and it really helps us out, as I have always say. So do something good today and go and spend three minutes leaving us a quick review and a rating. KevinGoatee.com, upcoming NFL season will be here. So picks and other fantasy articles will be out on that as well. GuttingTheSacredCow.com, as I mentioned before, and advertise GuttingTheSacredCow at gmail.com and GTSC Podcast on Twitter. Seth, good times, man. Loved your argument. Came very well prepared. And uh, there's no doubt the audience is going to love you. So Yeah, thanks. awesome job, Seth. Yeah, very Appreciate well done. It. Kevin Goatee, Kevin Israel, Seth Poor just saying later. Later. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.